Welcome to the very third Brightcast. That was a pretty good episode, I thought. Yeah. Getting yeah. better. Yeah, top three. Exciting. Definitely top three. So in this episode, we spoke about verisimilitude. We did. If, you, if, you've, if you're not familiar with the word... You're going to hear it loads. Get ready to hear it. Yeah. Um, we talk about everything we've got on in a week, and that's a great mix of uh, client work, some marketing work, some ad work. We speak about one of the clients we're doing some particularly great ad work for at the moment. Uh, we're joined by our very first guest, yep. weren't we? Yeah, we got Prim on the podcast. If you're watching this, we've got Dogcam. I bring a genius bit of side marketing by Sheba, the cat food. Yeah, and overall, we just talk about telling your existing clients or clients you've worked with previously about what you do, your wider services, making sure everybody knows what you do all the time because we've all felt and we've all had it with, with clients at some point where they just don't know that you also happen to do this extra service. So, should we take it away? Let's go. Let's get into it. Welcome to the very third Brightcast. Woo! Here we go. We're too deep. I think that was almost word for word from the last one, if I can remember rightly. Yeah. I, I think once we get a few of those same intros in place, we don't even have to do them anymore. We could just copy and paste the old ones. Yeah. Today, thanks for asking, I'm wearing uh, a T-shirt that I bought through First Steps ED Charity that helps with eating disorders, which is the ED. And it says, you're doing... Better than you think you are. And you know what? During this podcast, if ever I see you floundering or doubting, I'm just going to do this. <laughs> Enjoy your attention oh, to that. my chest. Please. Uh, I am wearing a white t-shirt, black trousers, white converse. That's me. Uh, I'm wearing a cream long sleeve t-shirt, ripped jeans, because I'm edgy now. And green trainers. Okay. So one thing I learned from the uh, the first two episodes is we probably talk about a lot of things that could just get cut, uh, which is a great little segue from that little bit we've done, which should just probably get cut. But uh, Jess, what are we on today? So we start off every podcast looking at the week that's just gone, what we've been up to, what we've been cracking on with. And I'll start us off. Uh, this week, one of the main things I've been working on is launching some new LinkedIn ads for a client of ours. We created an animated explainer for them. Must have been a month ago. Two months ago? Yeah, pro probably two months. Yeah, a while now, ago. Um, it was a really nice project to work on and the outcome was pretty nice it really represents their brand like it was a fun project to work on yeah it was unique in the fact that they're happy going a bit bonkers yeah with their their ideas or happy for us to go bonkers with our ideas and we get very minimal pushback which is nice yeah yeah definitely we repurposed the animated explainer to sort of create some like cut downs and smaller videos and imagery to create the new linkedin ads and they're performing really well if i do say so myself <laughs> Nice. Yes, yeah, it was good. And, and what's really nice, the client has run ads themselves. So it's there in the history and we've got a nice benchmark to go against. Yeah. So, yeah, it's nice that we've just absolutely trounced their performance, which you would hope being that yeah. you know, we're the experts at this. Stat wise, I think we're sitting at 81p average a click, which is 
incredible compared to industry averages. Obviously that depends, we're running three different types of ads. We're running image ads, carousel ads, and video ads. The video ones are more expensive a click, but they're a more expensive ad to run. Yeah, um, but on the, average, the quality on those looks better yeah. as well when you follow it through. That's yeah, definitely. Cool. Yeah, nice. Um, this week, I've been gearing up for a couple of shoots we've got coming up um, for a client. Uh, actually, for a client's clients. Um, they provide L&D um, training and things for their clients. And it's all around diversity and inclusion. But what's cool about it is it's something we've done a bit with them. It's the video ask work that we've done. And for anyone that doesn't know, Video Ask is it's a video format that you sit normally on a website or a landing page, but it's like a choose your own adventure. So you get to the end of a clip and you can say, oh, if you want to hear more about this, click A, click here and things like that. And they, they're they starting to, together actually, we're really starting to use it in quite a unique way in guiding that customer journey. Yeah, definitely. And then they can do things like, uh, follow up with their reporting. So if if you scored this, click here. Yeah, if you scored yeah. this, click there. And uh, you know, video ask is quite a, a newish thing uh, in terms of the adoption. But I think there's some really my my head always goes to how can we use it in a fun way. Um, so I think there's some real opportunity there. Um, but anyway, I've just been gearing up for those shoots, reviewing the scripts, that that thing. That's taken a lot of my week. Drew. Yeah, so uh, this week, uh, also been going up for some other shoots. So we, again, it's like a client's client. So we've been gearing up for some shoots with him. Um, they'll take us through November and December, I think. I think there's like six location shoots we're trying to figure out, and then two studio shoots in here where we're going to have to set dress and stuff. Yeah. But this week, been sorting all of that out. Then also internal videos. So obviously been working with Joe on getting all of the... Uh, the shorts, the dailies, everything sorted. Any anything emerged? What's been a challenge? Because it's it's our own content, but it's sort of at volume. Has that has there been any challenges with trying to capture, edit, organize? Yeah. So we created a yeah. Basically, we we, we want to create loads of content. We want to create it often. Um, we want to keep all of our stuff ticking over constantly on a bunch of different platforms. So one of the challenges is to uh, to get it out on scale. We need to create banks of content. So we've created banks of content. Yeah. So we've got you know texture packs now that we've made. We've got uh, different assets that we use to brightify. We mentioned brightifying yeah. quite a bit to brightify the content yeah. that we make. So for instance, when we do like an intro for a for a daily, we'll have like a little three D element that has yeah. it has like different effects and stuff on it. So we add like tints, rough and edges, turbulent displays. Uh, all these different things that can like kind of basically like mess it up and make yeah. it look a bit weird, a bit odd. And we'll have like these little 3D things just spinning around in like a stop motion fashion. That's one of the conventions that we have. Yeah. And because we know that, it's now very easy for us to quickly go in and just swap these out every time. So that was yeah. one of the good things we and, did. And, and easy for everyone as well. Yeah. So it doesn't matter who, whoever's got availability in yeah. post-production can jump on it. They've got the bank of assets, all the conventions because those 3D elements, they're always unique to that daily. So they know, oh, okay, here they're, you know, it's, uh, we did a photo shoot here. Let's get yeah. a, a traditional camera and let's get a 3D element. But they can follow the convention and make it look so it's part of the family. It keeps everything on brand as well. Like yeah. from, even from like design work is in like assets, like stills and imagery yeah. to the video stuff. Like everything feels on brand. Everything feels bright rather than everything feeling a bit mismatchy. We've kind of nailed those. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's something we struggled with with, with uh, Future Proof, wasn't it? Yeah, with Future Proof, we had, like, the brand was never really that fully established, I don't think. Yeah. The brand was orange and hexagons. I think as well, our, our understanding of brand and branding, even though it played a part in my previous roles, wasn't really at the forefront of what we was doing. And we've, you know, done more of it and more of it. And in fact, you weren't there at the inception yeah. of Future Proof, but now you're on board and you, you know, you marketing and branding is yeah, part of your thing. And we've got design teams now and stuff like that. So, yeah, I don't think it was really in our DNA. So it wasn't as established enough. And then we've done a bunch of stuff with clients in the interim as we've scaled that part. And yeah, brand identity, visual identity is something we're pretty good at. So with, with Bright, we've been able to properly do it. I think understanding yeah. the issues that we had with Future Proof as well, when we sort of launched Bright and came up with that, the visual identity of Bright and brand guidelines and everything, yeah. we knew the problems we had with Future Proof. So solving them head on was like the first thing that we wanted to do. Yeah. So like, I think that has then led to having these like banks of content because we know, oh, this was an issue before. I think Prim's doing a little bit yeah, of dreaming. For anyone who can't, <laughs> is not watching this on YouTube, we've uh, we've got Prim with us today. We've got our first ever guest. First ever guest. <laughs> on the pod. Prim. And she's snoring away right now. <laughs> Full name Primothy. Um, she's loving life. Uh, and if you are watching, by the way, after you subscribe to the podcast, go over to YouTube and subscribe there and watch it. You can see Prim. We've got Primcam. So you've been working on the dailies, and I think Brand Identity has been making that process better and scalable which is cool yeah yeah and i think a, a big part of it as well is uh a big part of like streamlining it for me is uh folder structure file organization something i really love keep bloody banging on about everyone else everyone else here hates it uh a couple of people here won't name names just you're, you're saying Justin a couple Rob. there's only two here yeah you guys just dump stuff onto your desktops no, 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 no. and it crushes Recently. me inside <laughs> Recently, we haven't. Hey, I use a server. It, it was more during the pandemic when I was working at home. We had Don't to make it on. seem like because there's a global <laughs> no, pandemic, no, you no. couldn't organize no, files. It was more when you had to log onto the server through the internet. In, in my defense, I didn't know how COVID spread. Nobody did at the start. And yeah. I thought maybe maybe using the server. I, did, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Okay. That's so fair, I kept my I files to myself. Yeah. Labeled however the fuck I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, but yeah, file organization. It's great. It's a fun thing. I love it. Yeah, it's really nice. Uh, DM Drew and he'll have a 20-page presentation he can walk you through on uh, how to na name and sort your files. I did have a very lengthy Google Doc that I once made on naming conventions and file structures. Yeah. But I just didn't end up sharing with anyone because I thought no one's reading it. I don't care at this point because it's so long. Yeah. Really what he means, Jess, is he uh, couldn't find it. <laughs> he labelled it <laughs> he, You didn't name it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. So moving on slightly to our bring a thing section. Who wants yeah. to go first? I, I've, I've got a goodie. So uh, I discovered this. It was actually, I think, it, I think it was back in February 2022. And it's, it's a cool thing, but I'll tell you why I particularly like it. So it's... The, the Sheba, the cat food, but they un identified within their persona uh, of cat owners. Drew, cat owner, big fan? I don't like the term owner. Cat um, cohabitor? Yeah. Cat father? Cat, cat father? Cat dad. Yeah, they identified within there that cats would often wake their uh, owners, parents, whatever. Humans. It's part of the love. 
they'd wake them up at maybe three, four in the morning. Then those people or a lot of them would struggle to get back to sleep. So what they did is they launched a series of ads via YouTube and they would set them up through the day. Uh, and it was sequential advertising. So you'd see one. Then you'd, if you've watched it, you would see the second. And then that that's bits clever. But it's basically like a like a soothing advert that I think it was four hours in total. All, all their ads stretched to about five and a half hours. Um, Jess, have you got a little sample for us? Yes. So it's 4 a.m. And your cat woke you up asking for food. Want to get back to sleep? Don't worry. Shiba is here to help you get back to sleep. So it's a pretty cool thing. And they rolled it out and... Within the first four nights, well, Drew's oh, yawning. Drew's <laughs> yawning. He's going back. Within the first four nights, guess how many views they got, and I will tell you. You can guess to the nearest million, and the number is between seven and nine million. Drew, you go first. Eight million. Jess. Uh, eight million. It was eight million. Well, wow, that's pretty crazy. Uh, so yeah, it did really well. But what? I, so what? The thing I really like about it is, obviously, they sell cat food predominantly. Um, but I, I love just genius touch of marketing. So it's like a little offshoot of what they do, um, and they really understand their buying persona and the people that that use them. They understand cat owners basically. I think and it, I just love that. I think it's also a thing where, like, if you're listening to it, like. If you're listening to that, I wouldn't necessarily know straight away that's Sheba. So I start listening to it. I'm falling asleep. Yeah. And as you're falling asleep, they're definitely saying Sheba in that. Well, obviously, we haven't watched the full five hours. But they're definitely saying Yet. Sheba in that. So as you're falling asleep, your your brain's remembering that. So when you wake up the next morning, you might not necessarily remember why you're remembering them. Then you go and shop cat food. Oh, Sheba. What a bloody great brand yeah, they are. Yeah, 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 you look at the brand, you fall asleep in the aisle. <laughs> exactly yeah. that's what happens yeah then you get infamous yeah um yes that was my bringer thing nice uh mine is verisimilitude discuss so i cheated so i looked at what this was but for, oh. I, but i i did already know so so f explain for the listeners verisimilitude is the appearance of something being true or real so you want verisimilitude, so your characters are believable, your story is believable, decisions that don't logically make sense, they will lack verisimilitude. So for instance, Daenerys in season eight, no spoilers, which I think you can spoil that now, but no spoilers, she makes some daft decisions, doesn't feel believable to the character. It loses verisimilitude, and as the audience, you fall out of love with it, you, yeah. you know, disconnect with it, basically. So it's to do with that, but does it matter... I think in, in most cases it does, but in certain cases, I don't think it does at all. Uh, for instance, if we think of it in like, a, in like a visual marketing point of view then, like something that is true or real, verisimilitude, the appearance of something being true or real in, or, in order to connect with your audience. Yeah. Let's say you're looking at something like a perfume ad. And a perf perfume ads lack verisimilitude in most ways yeah. because they are very abstract, but there is still some verisimilitude there because the lead star, the lead actor, they 
will uh, connect with the audience, hopefully like the target demographic and being, you know, they're, they're going to be like, it's like Johnny Depp or Margot Robbie or someone like that. It's someone aspirational. Yeah. You know who they are. They're real people. They're yeah. playing themselves in this thing. So there's verisimilitude in that, the appearance of it being true or real. We know they're real. That yeah. makes sense. The settings and stuff are abstract. But I don't think that then matters because we've accepted this core piece, this core yeah, message yeah. behind it, if that makes sense. It's, it's interesting with the perfume ads on i wonder how they evolve because right now you know johnny depp as johnny depp and he, he, they suavage. always just choose yeah so suavage he's in the middle of a desert with cactus behind him like it's trying to evoke i guess some sort of emotion connected to smell it's pretty abstract anyway it's yeah. all weird uh but but you know that you know kiera knightley's not really being picked up by a stranger on a motorbike in paris yeah um, but there's, there's probably like a comp because because we know I, I I say perfume ads because I could easily just say a, a very you know a non-abstract idea and yeah. obviously because it's non-abstract it will already have verisimilitude yeah. about it, it. It's rules, isn't it? So yeah, it's, sci-fi it's conventions directors and rules, talk, yeah. talk about establishing the rules. So um, to me- to mention him for a third time in a row, Jean Claude Van Damme and the script was writing with, and it was quite a a grounded in reality thing even though it was futuristic uh, and then all of a sudden he had like uh, almost at the end just superpowers and uh, we've not established that rule so it made no sense within that world yeah yeah so with like perfume ads we know that they same with car ads we know there's like a level of like you know abstraction or something about them yeah. and because of that we know when we're watching these things that's a perfume ad. Yeah. That's a yeah. car ad. I think yeah. it depends what you're buying as well. Like if you're buying perfume and a car, like the ads can be a bit out there. Like you're not like you're the ads are trying to get you to remember that. How do you thing. show a smell? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or yeah. like show if like you need to show the feeling of driving a car or like they are a bit out there. Whereas if it's like, I don't know, buying I was gonna say a TV, but some even some of their ads are but something a bit more like you need to take consideration to buy mm. like or something that's a bit more conventional in terms of like a dishwasher for example yeah. or a washing machine like they need to show the functionality of those products yeah. whereas stuff like a perfume ad can go a bit more yeah. like that doesn't make sense or a bit wacky i guess if you're seeing uh johnny depp just do his own washing mm. i guess that's gonna be like oh that doesn't feel like it's real or true yeah <laughs> yeah he might do his own washing we don't yeah. know he, he might do yeah yeah, yeah. good point okay. but yeah verisimilitude the core to it you want some you want some central verisimilitude so you want something to be true something to be true to the audience true to your you know key demographic true to the world that it's within true to the genre that you're meddling with or the the type of video or anything like that yeah. some kind of verisimilitude to tie it to the real world or to an understandable, relatable world to your audience. But then at the same time, there's creative leeway, yeah. creative license yeah. with these things. As long as you've got some kind of central yeah, verisimilitude. Yeah. Okay, cool. Bring a thing. Uh, my bring a thing was something I read on Think with Google. And it's something then after I read it was like, we apply this to everyone that will, that kind of, every client, should I say, that comes to us a video. But I don't think we've ever written it down in this way. Right. And it's the ABCD of storytelling and it's attention, branding, connection and direction. So it's to capture the attention of an audience within sort of the first five to 10 seconds. 
to make sure a branding is applied everywhere where applicable. Um, connection is to connect with the, obviously to connect with the audience, kind of like what Drew was saying, like connect with the audience on all aspects. Yeah. And then direction is the CTA at the end of it, basically. Where are you directing this person? It's It was looking back at that, it's like capturing the attention. It's like there's a zebra in a car. Like, yeah. like we're capturing the attention there. There's branding everywhere and their branding is a bit wacky. So that helps to capture the attention. Yeah. Like the connectivity or connection, should I say, um, it was more the messaging within that when we talk about like lack of time, school run, like CO2 emissions, like, and then obviously direction. We give them a nice CTA at the end of it. But I just thought it was a nice, like easy thing for listeners to even remember like when yeah. writing like scripts even it doesn't even need to be for video this one was specifically for video ads but even just generally when it comes to like content like yeah. those four things are such key when it comes to creating content. and i guess it's better to do it in the setup stage not yeah yeah definitely. The my, my initial temptation was to say think of it as a checklist at the end but actually you want it in the strategy yeah in the planning before don't you it could even be you write like a b c d down yeah and you you quickly like write what those four things are. So like, yeah. what are you gonna do to capture the attention? How is your branding gonna be like injected into this? How are you gonna um, connect with your audience? And what CTA, what, what direction are you giving them to them? And that could even be like you say, like the setup yeah. for that content. So then you refer back to it and it can be a checklist at the end of it, yeah, but yeah, you yeah. refer back to it to then check it off type thing. Yeah. But yeah, it was just a nice little thing for people to look back at. Nice, I like it. Yeah, cool. Shall we get on to our main topic? And the main topic's going to be, how do you tell your existing clients about your other services? Now, I thought, and I was proven very wrong, that we did quite a good job of this. We post about other services. We have a podcast about other services. We do YouTube dailies about other services. And we, and we do lots of newsletters and things like that. But I had a call with a client and it came up through that conversation. They said, it, so it was a video client initially, and they said, oh, we've just been having a nightmare with our website. First of all, I was like, why haven't you come to us with a website? They didn't know we did websites. And they had a nightmare, but it, it, only only really in the designing and the getting it turned around. It's, it's in place now, which is a good thing. And it was like, well, what else do you do then? And uh, I says, well, you're at a point now where you're probably wanting to be getting eyes on your website, eyes yeah. on your videos. So let's look at paid ads, um, you know, through Google, through social media. Uh, LinkedIn ads would be great. And uh, yeah, so that looks like it's going to happen, which is great, but quite an expensive mistake just not to tell clients about your other services. We tried to anyway, and I think this client was a little bit of a rollover from when we first set up Bright. So probably the process that we do now is slightly different to when this client came on. But it's more we try now to look at the strategy of everything. So when we create video, it's not just, oh, we'll create this video and then you're left on your own. Like, oh, yeah, like yeah. create the video, pay for the video, you're off type thing. It's we kind of look at where that video is going to sit. So in this case, it would be a new website because all of their videos are sitting on a new website. Um, so where are they going to sit? Oh, you want a new website? Like, let's yeah. have a look at like how we can yeah, improve your yeah. current website. Oh, how are you going to market these? Oh, it's through Google Ads. Oh, so we can then do those. Or oh, you want you want on social media? We we can then help through this type of thing. Yeah. So I think currently we kind of and not even from a sales perspective of, of that. It's more in we want to make sure people are getting the most out of their content. 
Yeah. So even if they do come to us just for video and they have another partnership elsewhere, yeah. we would hope they'd work with us. So, but so I, I guess that is just make sure with your current services, your follow-on services are what you you. You discuss them with clients. Or yeah, you, yeah. You have follow up content to send them. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, yeah. I think it's just looking at for us in particular how that content's going to be used and what can support that content. Yeah. So these in, uh, this client in particular, um, we're we're launching some Google Ads for them soon, hopefully. And it would be in the initial phase. It's kind of oh, from this video, how are you going to use this? Yeah, yeah. Like, can we sit this on Tribute ads? Yeah. Can we use it for LinkedIn ads? Yeah. So and, and and but that that's universal advice, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Definitely. So even if you're not in marketing and you don't have a follow-up marketing yeah, thing, yeah. you know, you might be doing a I mentioned earlier L and D course, but maybe there's follow-up courses, maybe there's yeah. one-to-ones, maybe there's uh, additional services that you you spin off on there. And it, I, I think so. Then we need to dissect how do you explain that to them because really, so people aren't or, already they're not always willing to hear every service or want every service straight away, are they? It's normally a sequential thing and it builds. Yeah, I think, obviously, as as Future Proof Films before Bright, we struggled with it because we were called Future Proof Films. Films is in the title. Yeah. So then trying to explain to people that we don't just do videos, we do, you know, the visual marketing, the marketing to support the videos that we create, or even not create the videos for them, but use existing content that they have and that, yeah. can, form con- that can form campaigns. It's very difficult to try and explain that to them because yeah. of the name. So we, we, that's why we, you know that's one of the reasons why we changed to Bright, obviously. But I think also is just a, I think we, you just need to tell people. I think it's like, it's like telling the listeners, and this is a great segue to do this, but it's like telling the listeners to make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, make sure you subscribe on whatever listening device you're yeah. you know, listening to a podcast on. Head on over to the YouTube channel, you know, like and subscribe, check out the new uh, videos, that type of thing. You don't want to do that because you feel weird saying it to people. You feel pushy or yeah, it's like yeah. that Britishness type thing again. But in every like if, you know, if you look at anything where it says, you know, how to grow followings or anything like that, but at least two of the tips will be mention, yeah, just, mention, yeah, it, yeah, mention yeah. this, mention that. If you've got another channel, mention this, just mean. Yeah. So I think a lot of it is just just being, you know, upfront with everybody you deal with and it's not it doesn't have to be a salesy way it's just informing them of all yeah. these things you do so there's a little bit about knowing knowing your clients like you you deal with them all the time so you should know them so i should have really known that this particular client is a, a really busy ceo type he's you know he's, he's being pulled everywhere and expanding rapidly and things like that he's not seeing our linkedin posts he's no. not he's, he's not following us on twitter he's not he's probably not reading his emails anymore like he's he's that busy he's just taking scheduled calls all the time i should have scheduled a call and just been direct maybe it's a maybe it's a too british too salesy thing but i think you can treat current clients a little differently right than than the like people that you're not working with currently where it is a bit of a soft sales approach and more inbound marketing i was yeah. just about to say i think it is that thing of like sometimes you don't want to be too sales and you don't want to push sales. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, the amount of times I've said that to clients in terms of social media, like you don't want to push sales on there. But I think in terms of like an email to a client, like you don't need to apply the same like kind of criteria. Like it's a point of like you're selling a service. So I think at that point when we've already like even if we've already got the client or getting the client, like yeah, we can push that a little bit further. It's not like 
that they've come to us for a reason. Like they want these services, so let's tell them about the rest. Yeah, of Yeah, if if you don't tell them, they won't. What, know, what else yeah. you do? Yeah, they're not going to know, are they? You know, the opposite of you being too salesy. Obviously, you can you can talk to them without being without being super salesy. Yeah, but yeah. the very act of you telling them about these services, you are being salesy in the sense that you're trying to make a sale. Like you're trying yeah, to do it yeah. so they will take you on and you'll make a sale. But there's no shame in that because you're not doing it to try and pry money from their fingers. You're doing it because you want to give them a service. And a lot of the times that we do our services, because we're doing uh, kind of like a, a full spectrum of uh, of services where they often are like interlinked. So for instance, yeah. you know, we'll go and create these videos and then videos will form form your campaign, that type of thing. That's the, the obvious example. Yeah. We're doing it because we know if if we create their videos, we're there at the, at the inception of the content. Yeah. So we can... Yeah. You know, we can put strategy at the heart of that. So we're doing it in a way to benefit them. It, telling them about your other services is beneficial to that person. Yeah, it's probably just... As much as it is to the client, it, uh, to, it, to, to the provider. It's as much about spotting those opportunities, isn't it, to help, I guess. Spotting those opportunities to help the, the, the end user, you know, your client. I think in terms of marketing, though, like this is obviously once a client's messaged you and this is existing clients. But I think in terms of obviously your marketing... It's still posting on LinkedIn and Twitter because, like, I know you said this CEO in particular wouldn't have seen those things, but most of them will. Yeah, yeah, no. Like, it, it depends. Yeah. Obviously, your target yeah. demographic. I'm not speaking in terms of like I'm not generalizing because everyone's personas are different. Like nailing when your personas are online and where they're online is probably the first step. Like understanding who your clients are. Do they go on LinkedIn? Do they go on Facebook, for example? If it's B2C, are they on Twitter and Instagram? Is that where you need to market yourselves? Yeah. Do they open newsletters? Like, when are they opening newsletters? When should you send those things? So understanding, like, deep down those things will then help you market to them again. Yeah. So it's, oh, well, they're on LinkedIn, so let's post about our services more. Let's schedule three times a week. We're going to post about our services, maybe not even in a salesy way. Maybe it's case studies. Case studies are, are a nice way of showing existing work, but also showing what you guys do. Like if you post a, a website case study, they know you do websites, yeah, but it's yeah. in a nice way that's a testimonial. It's, it's a bit positivity about the brand. Do you, do you think we missed a step with, we could have just listed all of it, like, and I think this is for everyone, unless you've got, you know, you, you, you literally have 10,000 clients. Do you think we could have just listed our clients and gone through them with, with uh, different versions of the messaging and told them about yeah. things. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think we could have done that. I think we still can do that. And I think you know, anyone listening who has the same situation where they have, you know, lots of ongoing and then also lots of pr previous clients, clients who do come back for work and also yeah. just you know one offs as well. Yeah, I think you can do that. I don't think I don't I also don't think there's a there's a cutoff period to that. I think you can do yeah. it at any time. Yeah. Um, it's like and a follow-up, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just think it's you know it's just just telling them explicitly what you do. Yeah. Because like we've all got, I'm sure we've all got friends and family who think we're photographers. Yeah, all of them. Like, yeah, I don't think I've been a photographer for about ten years. I've never taken a photo unless it's on my phone. So. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, it's just so people don't know, and even the people we deal with, we we deal with like video, you know, video clients we've got where it's pure video stuff. Yeah, and a, a fair chunk of the stuff we do is animation, and even if it's not, even if it's live footage, there's like animation and motion graphics and stuff that go into it. But we'll still get people saying, "Do you do animation?" Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know we do. 
because of all the animation we do. Yeah. But obviously they don't. No. But we, but no, we yeah. think they do. We think they see the showreels, they see the web pages, you know, they see the everything we post, but we clearly don't. Yeah. yeah. So I just think, yeah, like just just constantly remind people. Yeah. And, yeah. It's even nice to get creative. Like we spoke about recently, um, must have been a couple of months ago now, but sending out like physical traditional marketing it was probably about a year ago actually when we were talking about this because it was during the pandemic when everyone was working from home so we couldn't send things to people's home addresses it would be sent to their business address and no one was in the office but it was that thing of like stepping out of the busy even digital world that everyone's in even just sending like a nice a box maybe with a qr code on it it could still link back to your website or link back to a landing page or a video but just something that stands out a bit and looks to that client and goes, oh, like, I remember these guys working with these guys. Yeah. Oh, they also do these other things. Great. I'm looking for that, actually. Yeah, I think I think it's balancing that sort of the core things you should be doing, almost the basics. And then the the, the touch of genius or the novel ideas. Yeah. So you're right. Direct marketing isn't a big thing right now. So yeah. you can you can make an impact in that way. Even so, at, even at Christmas. Pigeon. Santa Client and <laughs> yeah. Pigeon, yeah. At Christmas. Yeah, it was at Christmas. But yeah. Christmas is such an easy way to send something to a client to say thank you for working with them. Yeah, You can even add like a little QR code on there that's like links back to a media pack or a sales pack yeah. or a landing page or something that explains the other services, yeah. but doesn't have to be super sales. W- would you say a media pack or sales pack is one of those core basics? And before you answer, I would say six months ago, I'd say I wouldn't bother but then we've worked with some clients who like literally have launched their business off the strength of a good sales pack yeah. And media pack yeah i think i think it's one of those things that we've just we've just never done it before yeah and yeah i see loads of loads of people who do and they do very very well off it i think it's one of those things that we've never done it so we've just thought we don't need it but i think it's something we should have always done basically and and, and for clients that that we've worked with that have done really well off the back of them we've helped them develop them and build them in a in a digital format that's quite interactive now. So so that's where I feel like you can really stand out. So that's where you could probably bring those basics together with the yeah, novel yeah. and make a bit of an impact. I think it's even nice, like even from that first email. So do you know when you get an initial inquiry from a potential client, a lead? Yeah. So say if someone emailed us and said they wanted animation, we'd get back to them and say, great, we'll set up a call um can you give us some more information like how long is it um what's it about what what, what's your company about we'd do some research on their website even on that initial email that basically says we'll get back to you either tomorrow or today or whenever that time frame is we can attach a media pack to that like because in the initial thing oh i want an animation they attack we attach the media pack oh you also do live action video you also do ads you also do social media great i didn't know that like it or i didn't i didn't think about you guys doing that for us yeah like how can you help with those as well yeah i, I think a sticking point because that's good and i think a sticking point for me has always been i always feel like it should be a full proposal thing but then i hate proposals because everyone's different and bespoke like we don't do an off the shelf service yeah. and, and very few services are off the shelf anyway so there's always nuances and different budgets different budgets involved and things like that but i think you still need to say we do these things yeah and, and a, b, a b c 
yeah. ABC, always be constantly telling people what you do. <laughs> but they, yeah. none of those things need to have prices on them. It just no, needs to yeah. like say what we do and how how we can help them with those things. Yeah, and, and if and if if putting a price on it is not an issue, you could also do oh, that. Oh yeah, for, for, yeah. For us, we wouldn't do it for a lot of the things we do, just because. Yeah. You know, the the small details might change the actual price of the thing, but if you're running an agency or running a company where it doesn't matter, pop it on there as well. I just think there's a thing where it's like just don't be afraid to be salesy because yeah, you know, it, be, be, there's being salesy and there's like shoving sales down someone's yeah, throat. Yeah. I think they're two different things. Yeah, definitely. I mean, on that call straight away you, you like the thing is you talk about money early because you want to know if you're a good fit. Have they got the budget to use you? you know what what's their ambition to scale and things like that because otherwise you're just going to waste you know a few hours over the next couple of weeks and you're not going to be the right fit yeah um and, yeah. and and you know they you could also be too small for them yeah last time i went to the barbers i had my hair cut and then the guy was offering other 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 options so one of the options was to to dye my beard so it wasn't gray in one patch and like i didn't i didn't feel like he was being salesy I just thought he was being really rude. Yeah, and insulting. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But, but con congratulations on still going to the barbers yeah. and to a hairdresser. Yeah. And your beard looks lovely, Drew. Thank you. So don't write off a sales pack. Try and make it unique. Um, make a list of your actual clients. Work through them. Any that stand out as those busy CEO types, like get them on the phone and pick up a phone call. But before that, think about what service they actually would benefit from. Because you, you're not just doing it just to, yeah, it's not a money grab. You just want to help them. And you're like, actually, this service yeah. might be something they don't know we do and they should be doing. I think a, a nice way of being salesy is that it's like, like Drew says, ramming, ramming things down, like sales down someone's throat. It's kind of like, oh, if you offer everyone everything, like if you offer 10 services and you're offering them all 10 services, even yeah. though really only four of them suit them, yeah. of course they're going to think, oh, they're just trying to make money out of me. Yeah. Whereas yeah. if you ring them up and say, oh, like hope the video or hope this is performing really well, have you thought about doing this? Or are yeah. you using it for this? And or I, think, I think clarity goes deeper as well because with, with marketing for us, I mean, and it's probably the same with a lot of companies and their services, it's such a wide scope that you can actually go to that uh, they they could probably leave a conversation not quite knowing what you're offering or what yeah, you're selling. Yeah. And so I think clarity is quite important as well rather than just overwhelming them with it. Yeah. And follow, follow up with an email, I'd say, if you're going to hop on the phone, which is a great way of talking to obviously those busy CEO types. After you've spoke to them, drop them an email yeah. and just follow that up and say, great to yeah. talk to you now. Say on the phone, I'm going to send yeah. you this now. Just because like you yeah. say, if they, even if they jump off the phone and you've been clear about what you're trying to sell, like even then they're going into another meeting. Yeah. Then they're going to probably another meeting and then another phone call. So they're forgetting all about probably that conversation you had two hours ago. Yeah. So just f keep like following that up with something in writing it will remind them of that conversation and yeah. it's a nice little follow-up. Attach a media pack. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Uh, and any other ways people should reach reach existing clients? I think, we've I, think, I think we've listed them all. I think it's just, you know, being consistent and being clear. Being consistent and being clear by telling them exactly what you do. And yeah. like Jess said, you know, streamlining your offering potentially. If you offer a yeah. bunch of different things where it's a huge wide spectrum, yeah. you know, try and make it somewhat specific to the person that you're pitching to. Yeah. But then also, yeah, getting in there early in those early conversations with your media pack, your sales pack, telling everybody what you do. Yeah, early on. 
And I think if you do anything like anything frequent, so you're probably posting on social media, make sure you've got quite a nice spread of your services mentioned within there, or at least topics around that. Same with newsletters as well, same thing. Yeah, you know, by posting stuff on LinkedIn, don't assume that just because you post something on LinkedIn, you have so-and-so as a connection, we're gonna see the thing. Yeah, I'm on loads of family WhatsApp groups and I don't read a single (laughs) message. So, uh, yeah, you know, just be consistent. Yeah. Okay, nice, yeah. So don't assume everyone's seen anything. Don't worry about being too polite about it, especially with existing clients. You have an established relationship there. So, you know, don't be afraid to pick up the phone as well. If the service you offer is good, people want to be sold that service because they will have the problem that you're trying to solve, I think is the central thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll take that back to the guy wanting to dye my beard. I secretly wanted to take him up on it, but I felt weird about accepting it and coming home with a jet black beard to my wife yeah. but i wanted to have that problem solved for me tune in next week to see or hear if drew's beard is jet black <laughs>